Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Law with this week's Smart Garden. Brought to us by our good friends at By the Yard Outdoor Furniture. Good morning. Welcome to CCO's uh, Smart Garden Show, our lawn and garden show. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney is with us today. Good to see you again. Good to see you. I haven't oh, seen I've you for a while. You. I know yeah. I've been slacking was it, off. Was it something we said? Or? No, no. Okay. <laughs> Just wondering. <laughs> anyway, welcome back. Uh, Teresa helps us out from time to time here, helps you out. If you do have any kind of lawn or garden question, you want to chat with Teresa right now. Either give us a call or send a text. Here's the phone number. We've cleared the lines. 651 989 9226 or send a text to Teresa, 81807. 81807. Well, we've heard that forecast. It's going to be near 90 today. That's crazy. And uh, are there any record? Now, what would you do with, with, with your own lawn and garden at home now what, with this hot weather? Is there anything you have to do to, to help yep. it along? I make sure things stay watered. So I've got okay. some things I haven't planted yet that I've noticed they need watering. So I'll have to water those today. Um, and if you are, it, it would be a great time to treat weeds in the lawn, but it's too hot. You need to read the label of the product you're using, and a lot of them will say don't use it if it's over 85 or Wonder if it's why. windy. Um, a lot of times windy the, for sure. windy, the chemicals volatize, and they uh, just float up in the air. So while you're putting down a sticker agents or the chemicals don't work as well or something happens to them. So you have to read the label. Always. Um, you know, so this may be the only weekend you can put down your, your uh, maybe you're going to spray for weeds, but it's too hot maybe. Yeah. So then you just can't do it because you're going against the law, the label. Oh, the label is the law. So, and again, well, it's a moot point, especially if we get some thunderstorms, I guess exactly. you want to worry well, about and, it, and then you'd want to make sure, okay, are we going to get thunderstorms? Yeah. And is it rain safe after two hours, six hours, That's eight good hours? Point. So you do have to read those labels. It's very The, the labels are there for a reason. They are. Um, and so it's really important because you, no, waste, no use spending your time and wasting your time and energy and your money on products that aren't going to work. You know, one thing we do mention from time to time, Teresa, as you know, uh, is the University of Minnesota website. Yes, that that's just a fun place. Even if you're, if you have a small garden or a, a, you know one pot mm-hmm. oh, you <laughs> on can, your deck, you can learn so much. You can so spend much. hours yeah. there. You know, so what, what is the what is the it's site? Extension.umn.edu. And um, I'd like to just throw a plug in right sure. now. We have uh, Hennepin County is having our annual garden tour. 
um, in July on July eighth, and it's our tenth anniversary. So we're doing it up really wow. big. We have eight eight gardens uh, created by master gardeners, maintained by master gardeners, and um, I believe at one garden we're going to have a little potting shed, so you could buy gifts there, gardening gifts and books. And I think at another garden we may have some food trucks, so you can really make a day of it. Oh, you can guess. buy your tickets early, so you can get a deal on tickets, and it's a great way to spend a, a day. It's a self guided tour and. And see some gardens. And we have learning stations at all the gardens. So it's next month. It's July 8th. July right? 8th. Mm-hmm. So buy your tickets early. And um, then, then you can go and spend the day. And we'll have learning stations at the gardens. We'll have lots of master gardeners there. And uh, we'll have sta- where you can actually learn special things like maybe rain gardens or edible gardens or or whatever kind of uh, situation is going on. Where do on we find garden. out more info? Where do we buy the tickets? I would go to the Hennepin County Master Gardener website. Okay. And then just the click on the garden tour and it'll bring you right over there. Hennepin County Master Gardener. Master Gardener yeah. program. Um, right. so, so I wanted to throw that out there. Well, oh, great. Yeah. Let's uh, yeah. let's remind folks before you leave us okay. today about that okay. very thing. So and like one other time. thing, um, yeah. if you're really into native plants, there's a landscape revival going on starting at 9 o'clock. All the native plant or many of the native plant growers Outstate, bring all their plants in, and you can buy it here in the Twin Cities. All right, it's over uh, twelve hundred one uh, Larpenter in the in the Hopkins in the um, Cub Pavilion. So you can buy a whole bunch of native plants if you need to to bulk up your rain gardens or your prairies well, nice or anything that. like that. So you don't have to travel, you know, three hundred miles to get them. You what a great idea! Travel. Yeah, so it's great. Outstanding. So, lots Good. of stuff going on. Good deal. Well, let's put you back to work now, Excellent. Teresa. Let's go for it. Don is calling from Elysian. Uh, Don, you're on with Teresa. Good morning. Hey, Don. Morning, Teresa. See, I have uh, four mature uh, apricot trees. They leafed out, blossomed, um, and uh, you know what they normally do, but mm-hmm. all of a sudden they've dropped, oh, probably 75% of the leaves. Yep, of the leaves. And the only leaves I have are toward the ends of the branches. Oh, dear. Okay, I thought you were going to say fruit for a moment, and that's normal. Mine are dropping fruit like normal always. Oh dear. Um, they're mature. Uh, ten years old, fifteen years old, twenty years old. Uh, over ten. Over ten. Okay. Uh, did anything change? Any construction in that area? No, no, no not okay. at all. And they've been healthy other years. Um, yeah, but uh, they haven't been pruned for um, quite some time. So okay. Well, you know, a pruning probably would help next next uh, late winter, early early spring before they leaf out. I'm not really sure what stress would cause them to do that. Um, I would, first of all, look at the trunks of the trees to make sure nothing has gotten in there, um, that there's no big frost cracks or damage or anything like that. Um, do, are they still holding some of their fruit? Do, is the fruit um, still being held, or did they drop those too? No, no fruit at all. No fruit at all. Okay. Um, well, it depends. You may not. You may have had a late frost, or there may not have been pollinators. But it does mm-hmm. sound like they they were stressed. Um, this is a member of the prunus family, and those trees are really susceptible to a lot of insects and a lot of diseases. Um, I would probably go to the extension website, uh, extension.umn.edu, and check and see if they've got anything. And you may even want to have um, a tree care person, a, uh, a certified arborist, come out and look at the trees, especially if all four of them are doing this. Oh, yeah. That's, that's kind of suspicious. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. And good luck. I, I can't tell you right away what it is, but it's sounds... Certified like arborist is good, uh, good Certified move. arborist would yep. be good, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Good luck, Don. Gerald is calling from Bloomington with a question. Good morning, Gerald. Good morning, Gerald. Good morning. Thank you for all your help on the show. You bet. Uh, my wife and I have lived in our home for 30 years. We have a beautiful flowering crab apple tree right outside our living room window mm-hmm. that just dominates the entire backyard. Yeah. Beautiful. 
And just like the sun rising in the morning, every spring, the last week in May or the first week in June, it develops these beautiful pink petals, and then they fall, and, mm-hmm. and it's very, very beautiful. Mm-hmm. This year, we do not have not had one petal or bud the entire spring. The tree is healthy. Mm-hmm. It had a number of crab apples last year mm-hmm. and so forth that the birds ate over the winter and yep. so forth. So it's been healthy for the last two or three years, very yep. healthy, mm-hmm. and just not one yeah, um, I, I'd like to, to also mention, um, this, this may help the, the previous caller too. This winter, we didn't have much of a snow cover. And so we did have a warm period where things started coming out of dormancy, and then they got hit by some cold weather again. We as Master Gardeners have noticed a lot of our perennials died for no reason, things that were really established for a long time. And uh, some of the trees really were hit hard. I've seen a lot of trees with bare limbs. So I'm thinking it's a stressor. Something happened over the winter that just stressed that tree. Um, it, It should be okay. It should have hopefully enough health to come back fine next year. Um, just don't do anything to damage it this year. Uh, no no um, um, wounding of the branches or the bark or anything like that. Try to treat all your trees as gently as you possibly can this year. If we go droughty, do give them a drink of water. Even if they're mature trees, they can use all the water you can give them if we're droughty. If it gets overwatered, there's not much you can do about that. Mother Nature does what Mother Nature does. And just hope that we get um, a nicer winter next year with a little more snow cover. It's important, isn't it, that snow cover? It, it, it really, really is. is. You know, I mean, if we would just stay one temperature, it's fine. But it's that it's that the warming up and then the sudden sudden cold that plants just can't handle that. Yep. Yeah. Teresa, we have to take a okay. quick break. We'll do that. And we'll come back with some text messages and more phone calls here on our Smart Garden Show on A three O W C C O. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play it. Good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our Smart Garden Show. In studio with me is Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, helping you out. Teresa, uh, we've got filled lines. And a whole lot of text messages. All right. In fact, let's let's pick up a text that came in real early at the, the, the sure. part of the mm-hmm. show. What's the best way to get rid of unwanted cattails from my pond? Oh, well, first of all, make sure you contact the DNR and, and that it's allowed to do it. Uh-huh. Uh, I think anytime you're moving anything out of the water, you have to contact DNR, even if it's on your property. And there are some chemicals um, that, that you can use in the water that are safe for that, and they oh, would okay. be able to direct them to that information. Check the DNR. Check the DNR, yeah. Okay. Need to put a tree in the front yard, Texter says, looking at red maple. Is now a good time or wait till fall? Oh, you could do it any time. And can I suggest some other trees? Maybe um, maybe a Kentucky coffee tree, depending upon what area. We have so many maples. Remember, we had yeah. a lot of chestnut trees, and then they got bored. Then we had elm trees, and now we're having ash tree problems. Yes. We've got an, a huge population of maples. So I understand that people love their red maples, but if we can diversify, would be nice too. Anyway, um, you can do it now. Um, I would do it sooner rather than later or wait till the fall. You don't really want to put a tree in in the middle of summer when it's so hot. It's stressful on Good you and point. the tree. Texter says this, and we'll get back to the phones. My Stella daylilies do not have any buds yet. Is it getting too late for flowers to bloom? Oh, they'll be fine. Oh, yep. Okay. Another one says, can I use the same trellis type for peas, cucumbers, and indeterminate tomatoes? It depends. You know, if you're doing the tomatoes, they're going to need a heavier trellis. Peas really need a really can use a really light trellis. They can use a heavy trellis, too. So make sure that it can handle the tomatoes. Everything else will be oh. fine. Okay. 
Back to the phones we go. Uh, Larry is calling from Monticello. Larry, you're on with Teresa. Hey, Larry. Hi. How, how, how to get rid of mushrooms in, in the lawn? Okay, that's a really good question. Um, I always uh, I love when I see mushrooms. That means something's happening underground and composting and decaying is happening underground. Um, there's really nothing you need to do except knock them over if you don't like them. They're not telling you that there's a problem underground. They're just telling you something's being decayed underground. Here's the fruiting body showing you I did some work. So if you don't like the look of mushrooms in your yard, just knock them knock over. Them That's over. all you got to do. Yep. All right, good. And, and just, just thank your mushrooms that they're doing the decomposition underground and keeping your, your soil yeah. nice and healthy. Good. Let's go to Downing, Wisconsin. I think Bob is uh, waiting to ask a question. Go ahead, Bob. Good hey, morning. Hi. Uh, I, I planted an apple tree about five years ago. I haven't had any buds on it yet. Oh. I got the uh, uh, crab apple tree pretty close to it. I don't know if you have to have something else. Or... Nope, nope. You're you're doing everything right. Um, do you know uh, what size of tree was it? A dwarf, a semi dwarf, or a full grown tree? I think full grown. Full grown. Okay. Um, it depending on the rootstock. So this is a full grown tree. Um, your dwarf trees normally mature in three to five years. Your semi-dwarfs in five to seven. Your mature trees can take up to 10 years to get old enough or mature enough to have fruit and flowers. So, oh, really? Yep. So so because you're going to get a really big tree, it just takes a really long time to get mature enough. Um, that, that So right now it's just growing roots. Uh, just keep it healthy as you can. Um, make sure it's not stressed. It's growing roots, which are the most important part of any plant. And, and in, you know, seven to ten years, you'll start to see some flowering on it. And the crab apple will pollinate it. Um, it. You can. You can always top dress with a little 10-10-10 early in the season. But, you know, trees, they need to, they're, they're like, um, like when you're kicking the kids out of the nest. They need to go out and be on their own, and you can't baby them too much. You don't want to be a helicopter gardener. So, okay. so you want All to right. kind of just let the roots go out and find their own their own nutrition. Um, but do water if it does get droughty. All right. Very good. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, uh, let's thanks, Bob. Go, go to Egan. I think Al has been waiting there. Thanks, Al. What is your question? Hi, Al. Hi. Uh, we bought a uh, hibiscus plant with a lot of blood buds on it in anticipation of seeing some blooms shortly. Mm-hmm. Well, we put it out on the patio, and we watered it frequently. Mm-hmm. And within about a week, they started the buds just stopped uh, developing. It just fell off. Yep. We've had a lot of chilly weather. We've had a lot of overcast weather. Um, it went from a really nice greenhouse to kind of a tougher situation outside. Now it has to deal with some clouds and some wind and some rain. It'll be fine. Just keep watering it. If it's still actively growing, I'm sure it is. And the leaves look nice and healthy. Fertilizes normal. It will set flower buds, and you'll just have a later. You'll just have later flowers. Um, sometimes when you're moving plants with a lot of flower buds, they do tend to drop the the buds uh, as a stress response. But the plant itself will be fine. It's just going to have to grow new buds, and I'm sorry about that. Okay. Off to Forest Lake we go. Rob has been waiting there. Rob, you're on with Teresa. Hey, Rob. Hi, uh, Teresa. I've I've got a low-hanging branch into my neighbor's yard. I think it's a burl oak. Can I nip that off to get it out of their way? Oh, it's one of the worst times of the year to do it. If you have to, however, you're going to, as soon as you cut the branch and and, and do go online, it sounds like it's a bigger branch, so do go online to do a three-part cut where you break the bark underneath and you cut off the weight and then you then you cut 
um, right right at the branch collar. And though there's pictures on the extension side how to do that. And then within 15 minutes, you're going to have to cover that that wound. And you're so you're going to have to use a paint or something to cover that wound. And because you don't want it to get oak wilt. So so if you have to trim a branch of an oak, elm, ash, um, birch this time of year, you've got to cover it. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Good point. Teresa, we have to take a break, okay. but we have got a whole another half hour of the show to go. So don't go away. Those on the phone, hang on. Okay. And Texas, we're going to pick up in more text messages as well. And welcome back to CCO Smart Garden Show, brought to us by By the Yard Outdoor Furniture. 77 degrees, Teresa. 77 Whew. already. Whew, heading for uh, close to 90 yep. today. We're in the midst, as I said, of our Lawn and Garden Show, welcoming your phone calls and text messages. And we have a bunch of those. So let's uh, let's get... And by the way, mm-hmm. let's do that uh, website again for the U of M. Extension.umn.edu. So if we can't get to you, go there. Very good. Who has been waiting here? It's Darla in Plymouth. Darla, you're on CCO with Teresa. Hi, Darla. Hi, good morning. I'm calling because I have some global arborvitas, and they're quite old, 25 years old. And three of them this year, after they've been pruned last year, they look dead. There's no greenery on them. Mm -hmm. So my question is, can they just be cut down at the base? They're in a rock garden area. Mm-hmm. I don't need them. Yep. Go ahead and just cut them down. Um, you don't have to take out the roots if you don't want to. The roots will just decon- decompose. Um, if you want to put in some other little um, little shrubs, you can do that um, a little bit away from where they were. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. Texter says this, and we'll get back to the phones. Is it okay to use my yard irrigation heads to hit my vegetable garden? It is. It, it is, but you really... You could end up with splashing. You can get a lot of, of splashing and yeah. a lot of fungal diseases. It's not the best thing to do. If that's the only way you can get your veggie garden watered, that's okay. Um, it would be better to use a soaker hose or something that can just hit the soil and not get the leaves wet. Okay. Better choice. Yeah. All right. Let's go back to the phone, Teresa. Bev is calling from Spring Lake Park. Good morning, Bev. Hey, Bev. Hi. I'm asking you a question about ash leaves. Should the mature ones be falling already? I had them fall once already this for the last two weeks, not mm. stopped. No, um, they really shouldn't. Are they? Are this is just the leaves, or is it little branches? No, it's just the leaves. Just the leaves. Um, I, I would probably have someone look at your tree. How does the tree look when you stand back from it? Does it look healthy, or does it look getting it look, a little bare? It looks really healthy. Um, looks really I healthy. Had a, uh, trimmed last year, okay. and he said this is a very healthy tree. Okay, so. then then I probably wouldn't worry. Um, it could just for some reason leaves are dropping. Um, I would I would just maybe keep an eye on it though. That's not a sign of the emerald ash borer. Just leaves dropping like that, so that's okay to to not worry about that. That's not like a major sign of it. Um, I would just keep an eye on it. Uh, expect some leaves maybe to drop and. And then if it keeps up and starts looking a little tattered, then I'd probably call someone to have uh, our certified arborist to look at it. Good idea. Sure, losing a lot of ash trees, though, aren't we? Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. And a lot of just being taken down. Yeah. So, yeah, Indeed. It's, it's tough. Off we go to Ham Lake. Leah is there. Leah, you're on CCO with Teresa. Hi, Leah. Hi there. We have um, plenty of hostas in our yard that are looking very healthy this time of the year. And as the summer progresses, they tend to have some sort of um, pest that nibbles on the leaves. Mm -hmm. Is there a way to remedy that? There is. First of all, you need to find out what pest it is. So I would start looking now for small slugs. 
uh, put out some boards in the evening, lift them up in the morning, and you'll find small slugs underneath. If that's what you're seeing is small slugs, they usually leave slime trails. You want to get them early because they lay a lot of eggs and the the, uh, numbers increase exponentially. Um, Iron phosphate, something like sluggo or escargot works very well. It's just simple iron phosphate. It won't hurt pets or animals or birds. Um, If it's not that, if it's beetles or something else, um, as long as the hostas are still healthy and the leaves aren't perfect, but, you know, 50% of the leaf is still left, the hostas really are fine. Um, And it's more just a cosmetic problem that you're seeing. Um, But you do need to find out what insect is is causing it, and then you can go from there. And then if it's not slugs, then I go to the extension website and see what you can do with the various other insects if you want to put down an insecticide. Um, it's always, you can do that, but you do need to to make sure you're applying it correctly and hitting the right insects. Teresa, do some people still use beer for slugs? They do, and, and it does work. They like that yeasty smell and they fall into it. It's just then you have to, you know, the dog drinks the beer, the <laughs> slug beer, and then comes up and kisses you. It's kind of gross. So, um, but yeah, beer works. Um, yeah, there's little there's little slug baits you can get too. All right. Um, it might just be easier to put that just phosphate wondering. down there. Yeah, but they still do it. Works. Use your cheap beer. Don't use your good not the good brew stuff. Pub beer. No. Mm-mm. Texter says this: Do I have to cut off the powdery mildew on my nine bark, or is it okay to leave it on? You can leave it. It's it stresses the plant a little bit. Um, you know, if you can if you can lighten up that area a little bit, get a little more air circulation, maybe thin the plant a little bit if needed, get a little more sunlight on there, make sure that the irrigation is not keeping the plant leaves wet. That will all help. Nine bark is just prone to powdery mildew. If it is a problem every year, you need to start treating before you see it, and you would use a fungicide on that. By the way, the text number is 81807, or the phone number is 651-989-9226. Texter says this, the leaves on my tomato plants burned in the hot sun. Do I need to replace them? Uh, no, just take off just take off uh, the leaves. Um, if the plant will probably grow new leaves, it'll just be a little stressed. Um, and that's a good reason to make sure you're hardening off your plants before you're taking them out of the greenhouse or they've been babied and you're throwing them into the into the vicious outdoor world. You need to to acclimate them being out there and all of a sudden this bright sun is too much for them. So so do acclimate your plants. It, they should recover. Um, just look a little bit, maybe give it a week or two if they don't look like they're getting any new leaves. Leaves, then do get some more tomato plants. So you still have tomatoes this year. Uh, Tester says this. I, uh, good morning. I have two questions. One, is there any concern about using pressure-treated lumber as a border around a vegetable garden? That's the first question. Probably not. Most of the pressure-treated lumber is not using arsenic anymore, so you're okay with that. Um, if you are worried, just put down landscape fabric um, between the the the. Um, the board and the soil, just a little row of landscape fabric, and maybe just plant a, a row of marigolds there right next to the border if that is a big concern of yours. Oh, okay. But it should not be a problem. Yeah, I don't. Th- I think you're right. I don't think they use mm-hmm. that stuff. They don't anymore. use it. It's been outlawed, yeah. Second part of it is are used coffee grounds good to add to the same vegetable garden? Oh, yes. Do add the coffee grounds. Oh, mix, really? Mix them into the soil, or if you just want to top dress, top dress very lightly, small layer. If you put it down too thick, it does um, crust over and not let the, the, uh, the water through. So, yeah, use your coffee grounds. Toss them out on the lawn. Toss them in your veggie gardens. Absolutely wonderful uh, little organic matter, adding a little nitrogen to your soil. Mm-hmm. Grab one more text, and then we'll get back to the phones. Should I mulch my entire vegetable garden or only certain plants? Are grass clippings okay? 
grass clippings are okay if you have not used a weed and feed product on it. Otherwise, you'll be killing your veggies too. You can mulch whatever you want. I would definitely mulch around my tomato plants as soon as I planted them. Um, the mulch is just going to moderate the soil temperatures, keep the soil moist, keep the weeds down. And if you're mulching in between rows, it makes then you can walk on mulch instead of mud. Um, so you mulch what you want to mulch. Grass clippings work a small layer. Make sure you aren't using chemicals on the lawn. Good idea. Uh, Bev in Minneapolis is next on the phone. Bev, you're on CCO with Teresa. Hey, Bev. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Uh, When is the right time to prune a magnolia tree? Oh, that's a trick one. I would prune it right after it blooms, uh, within three weeks after it blooms. Most of our spring and blooming plants... um, so now would buds. be a good time. Then. Now would be good. I think you're just coming to the end of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then I have a solution for the lady with the the slugs, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a mayonnaise jar of beer underneath yep. there at night. <laughs> yep. You go mm-hmm. out and look at it in the morning. You have a lid full of dead snails. Mm-hmm. It works. Yeah, it does. Yep. But yep. like you said, don't use the good stuff. Don't use the good stuff. <laughs> Drink the good stuff. <laughs> All right. All right. Very good. Thanks, Bev. Thanks, Bev. Appreciate that. Let's see who else has been waiting in the wings. It would be Jeff in Minneapolis. Good morning, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. Say, we mowed our grass yesterday, and yes. then I'm just heading out this morning, and I noticed I, we have about a 20-year-old uh, maple tree. Yep. And I noticed there were a lot of leaves on the ground, and we've never noticed this before. It's mm-hmm. never happened, and I'm looking at the leaves, and I uh, they have, like, they almost look like black, like acid, like burns on the leaf. They're irregular, like kind of in a petri dish, a little. Uh, mm-hmm. But they're not. They're not fuzzy. They're not uh, yep. uh, uh, like a mold thing. But um, and even like little uh, trails, like 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 a liquid was on the leaves. And there's yep. something looks going like on. Them, somebody threw tar at the at the leaves. Oh, a little bit, yeah. Yep, it's called tar spot. Yeah, it's nothing really to worry about. Um, you can look it up on the on the extension site. It's probably tar spot though, and it's not really a big thing to worry about. Mm-hmm. Okay, what is that extension site again? Ex, uh, www.extension.umn.edu. If you can't remember that, go to your friend Google and just punch in tar spot umn University of Minnesota. Take you right there. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. I see one line is open. Uh, Jerry is calling from Hudson with a question. Hi, Jerry. Hey, Jerry. Good morning. Hi. Um, for a number of years, I've had a problem with, I believe it's centipedes or millipedes. They're a little over an inch long and rust brown color. Mm-hmm. And they keep coming up to the house um, and around the foundation. Yep. I have just hundreds of dead ones, and um, if you go out there in the evenings and as it gets later into the summer, they come in by the hundreds and by the thousands. I mean, it, it's... That's not I've fun. Tried. That's not fun. Um, no, I, yeah. I, they, they walk over everything every, every, uh, mm-hmm. everything I put down to kill them. Yeah. Um, you may want to try um, some, of the, some of the barrier things. Um, I was going to say some of the granular should work as long as they list centipedes or millipedes on... On their site, on their um, their label, uh, the barrier ones, the granulars should work as a barrier around your house. Pull back the mulch a little bit from around the house, so you have maybe about a foot of just bare soil, and then um, apply the the insecticide in that area. They they do like the the moistness of the of the mulch, so they do need that moistness to survive. Um, and they are, they're a good part of our of our landscape, but in big numbers, they're not fun. 
Yeah. So I would try that. Yeah. 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 And and those centipedes move fast and they're kind of scary the All way they move. All those legs. All those legs. Yeah, it's they're kind of they're kind of freaky. So I usually catch them and put them back outside again cuz I don't so want them in the house. But um yeah, but if they're outside they're they're eating a lot of other bugs and things like That's that. That's true. So they're very very good in that respect, but you don't want them in the house. Um they can't live that long in the house. They need moisture. Um do move the mulch though away from the house. That will probably help a little bit dry out that area. Dexter says, uh, have black knot on a Canadian choke cherry tree. Cut the galls off last winter. I saw more galls forming and have cut them off. Is this a losing battle? It, it really depends on how far it's gotten. You need to make sure every time you do the, the cut, you're pruning back to good wood with at least like a foot away from from the black knot that you're seeing toward the good knot um, and then or toward the good wood. And then after each cut, you are disinfecting your your cutter. Otherwise, you could be moving it from one area of the plant to another. So, All right. Let's, I'll tell you what. Let's take one more call before okay. we take a quick break. Patty is calling from Minneapolis with a question. Hi, Patty. Hi, Patty. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Um, I have a little bug that I had last year in my garden, and it was mainly on my mint, and I didn't really care much because mm-hmm. I have mint everywhere. Yep. But now it's gone to the Russian sage yep. and some of mm-hmm. the flowers, and it just makes little black spots on yep. the leaves. Mm-hmm. It's bigger than a pencil. I brought it, mm-hmm. the bug to a garden center and a couple of gardening, mm-hmm. you know, my gardening experts that I go to. I yep. went to your website. Yep. I couldn't find a picture of it. It's, it's kind of red. Yep. It's because it's, it's a trick bug. It's called a four-lined plant bug. Right now, the little red nymphs are out there running around like crazy. They, it does look like somebody took a little marker and just put dots all over your plant. Uh, sometimes those dots merge. In a few months, those bugs will get big enough. They'll be long and oval-shaped, yellow and black stripes, four lines, yellow and black, four line. They'll kind of look like cucumber beetles. Um, you can use insecticidal soap on them. They're really fast. It's really hard to use them. Some people just use the clap method where they're usually at the top of the plant where all the fresh growth is. They just take their hands and they clap on them and squish them. Um, you can do that. Um, and, and those are called four-line plant bugs. They like mint and they like chrysanthemums, Russian sage, rhubarb, things like that. Your plants normally outgrow the damage. All right. Teresa, we need to take a break. We'll be right back in a moment or two with more calls and more text messages uh, in uh, just a moment. It's 77 degrees right now, heading for around 89 today. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Danny Long here with Teresa Rooney from our uh well, our pool of experts here. Uh, Teresa joins us from time to time. Who else do we have? Mary Meyer. Mary. And uh, Julie Weisenhorn. And Sam Bauer. And Sam Bauer. Yeah. Uh, Julie, uh, by the way, Teresa is a master gardener who's going to give us the website again for the U of M. Extension.umn.edu. Excellent. And I also want to ask you, when again is that garden tour? Our garden tour for Hennepin County is July 8th. And how do we find out more about uh, that? Go to our Hennepin County Master Gardener website. And you can get tickets and everything, and the tickets are less expensive than if you buy them at the door. So oh, to speak. good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so to speak. So to speak. <laughs> at the, the garden. At the garden. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's go back to the phones. Okay. Folks have been waiting. Uh, Ron and Shoreview is first up here. Thank you, Ron. Hey, Ron. Hey. Say, uh, my neighbor's got a huge female cottonwood tree that's especially productive this year. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I was doing some, some reading, and they say you can spray them with a fruit eliminator or something called Ephiphon. Mm-hmm. 
that uh, breaks down ethylene so mm-hmm. that it doesn't produce the stuff. But that this tree is 80 feet tall. you got to yeah. spray it. No, yeah. you, you couldn't actually have that done, could you? You probably could find a landscaper that would do it for you. It would probably be really expensive. Um, but it, it's a possibility, and, and if it works on cottonwood trees, I'm, I'm more familiar with it on fruiting trees, um, so I'm not sure how it work, would work on cottonwood. But um, if cottonwood is something it would treat, you can do it. It's a poss- not Obviously, this year it's too late, but um, for next year it's something to consider about. Um, it, it also was just because we had a stressful winter, sometimes see, uh, trees produce a lot of fruit and seeds the next year because they were stressed the year before, and it, it's a reaction to stress to propagate the species in case they kick the bucket this year. Um, that's probably not the case with this tree, but it could be. But, yeah, the cottonwoods are are quite cottony this year. Oh, they are, <laughs> yes. for sure. Uh, Gretchen is calling from Mendota Heights. Gretchen, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hi, Gretchen. Well, good morning to you. Thanks for taking my call. I have a star jasmine. I have it located right next to my front door on the porch. It requires six hours of sun. Um, I water it when necessary. I have the directions. But what they don't say is uh, anything about pruning. Mm-hmm. And some of the, there was a lot of flowers on it when I purchased it, but now they're turning brown. Is it okay to clip yep. those off? Go ahead and clip those off and prune it as you need to to keep it in bounds so it doesn't get, uh, you know, really huge. Go ahead and prune it as you need to. Mm-hmm. Yep, you can clip that those dead flowers off. All right, very good. Uh, texter says this, what's the best way to get rid of Japanese beetles when they bloom up again? Um, I would go to the extension website uh, and and look up Japanese beetles. There's a fascinating four-page article on it. But um, what you need to do is figure out what where you saw the Japanese beetles last year and about when you saw them. Go out there a week earlier and, and patrol every morning with a bucket of soapy water. And as soon as you see a Japanese beetle, you flick it into the soapy water. Um, they emit a pheromone, which attracts more Japanese beetles. So if you can get those early populations down, you can then lower those pheromones and fewer come to your yard. Um, so if you hit the populations early, that really helps. Um, insecticides aren't that effective on them. They have a, 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 their body is made that they're a little tougher to get the insecticide on. Plus, they move really fast. So get out there in the morning when they're slow and sluggish and toss them into soapy water and watch them drown. We have 60 seconds to go or less. Uh, Texter says, a lawn watering question. Uh, My husband thinks watering the grass every other day for 10 to 20 minutes is good. I think we should water less often for longer periods of time. Depends on your soil. Irregular watering and watering deep is much better. Go to the extension website.umn.edu. Sam has some really good articles on it. Yes, Sam Bauer. Sam Bauer. Is our Mm -hmm. turf guru. He's amazing. Yes. Well, Teresa, it was good to see you. It was great to see you, and all your listeners are wonderful. Well, you you help us out uh, all the time here on our Smart Garden Show. Now, again, as we head, uh, head out of here, if you haven't checked out the University of Minnesota website, it really is a great resource. And that website is? Extension.umn.edu. Happy gardening. Extension.umn.edu. Check it out. You'll learn so much. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law.